0: Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new season of the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, and I am so happy that you are here joining me here today. And hey, guess who else is joining me today? Amy Milsic is back to co-host another season of the podcast.
1: Amy, welcome. Hey, Pam. How are you? I'm doing great. Have you had a good summer? Very good and very busy, but very blessed as well. So <laughs> Good. That is awesome to hear. Um, I had a
0: busy summer as well. I stayed on the road traveling. I went to California and Missouri this summer with the great homeschool conventions, which was a lot of fun.
1: Um, Did you guys do any traveling? We did a bit here and there locally, just some local field trips and hikes. So it was great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So are you looking forward to starting school again soon? Oh,
1: most definitely. I love
0: that routine. (laughs) Yeah, I I totally get that. I started school late July, so we've been at it about a month now. And uh, yeah, it, it's hot. The routine's good, so I'm all for it. Exactly. Well, tell me a little bit about
1: who you got to talk to on the first episode of this new season of the podcast. Well, I got to talk to Lisa Nearing about online homeschooling and her new True North Homeschool Academy, which is just a wonderful option, especially if you have high school students and got to chat with her about that and how to make online homeschooling work for your family. Okay, so I'm really fascinated about this because
0: not this year, but next year I'm going to have a high schooler. So I'm looking forward to this conversation and we'll get on with it right after this word from our sponsor. Have you ever been stuck on how to bring your lessons to life? Then you need KiwiCo, a monthly subscription which has delivered millions of hands-on projects that make learning fun. Their core offering are projects that make learning about STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math, accessible and are designed to spark creativity, tinkering, and learning. Some recent favorites in our household are the slime lab, a hydraulic claw, and the geometric drawing machine. KiwiCo was founded by engineer and mom of three, Sandra Olin and her deep desire to raise kids with the creative confidence needed to become the next generation of problem solvers and critical thinkers. I couldn't agree more with their mission, and I am excited to be able to offer you the chance to try them for free. To learn more about their projects for kids of all ages and to redeem this exclusive offer, visit KiwiCo.com slash educational snapshots to get your first month free today. Just pay $4.95 for shipping. That's KiwiCo.com slash educational snapshots for your free offer. And now, on with the podcast.
1: Lisa Nearing has five children and over 25 years of homeschooling under her belt. An avid reviewer of curriculum, Lisa uses her personal blog, Golden Grasses, to support and encourage fellow homeschoolers. She has taught countless courses, both in the classroom and online, in literature, apologetics, drama, Latin, and more. Lisa has worked as an academic advisor for homeschool students around the world, and her latest endeavor, True North Homeschool Academy, promises to make top-notch online classes and guidance counseling services available to homeschooling families. Lisa joins us on this episode to talk about homeschooling and online learning. Welcome,
2: Lisa. Thanks, Amy. It's great to be here.
1: I'm so excited to talk to you today. So um, before we get started on finding out about True North Homeschool Academy and all that you're offering,
2: tell us a little bit about your family. So I've been married for 33 years. Um, My husband is a clinical psychologist and we met in college and we have five kids ages 15 to 31. And so we've homeschooled since 1991, two oldest daughters are married and live far away and are third son, uh, so our two oldest are girls, and then we have a son who is a senior in college and currently at basic training for Guard. Then we have a 18-year-old who just graduated and a 15-year-old who's a rising 10th grader.
1: Wow, so you know what it means to be busy and yeah. <laughs> all that year's experience of homeschooling. Cool, I can't wait to hear what you have to share with us. Thanks. How did you start homeschooling?
2: Well, we lived in Los Angeles. We were both in graduate school. And um, at the time, our oldest daughter turned five. Um, we started looking. It was kind of open enrollment at that point in LA. And we started looking at uh, kindergarten programs that she could go to. And everyone, we went to four schools. And everyone had some kind of interesting challenge related to it. So we went to one kindergarten through sixth grade school. And they had had a couple of teen pregnancies or teen pregnancies. I mean, the kids were, you know, not even really in junior high yet. Another school crossed a busy street to go to a playground for recess and with one teacher and 35 kids. I mean, there was just all these issues related to it. And in California at that time, you didn't have to register your student for school until they were age seven. So we knew my husband was going to finish his graduate program before then, and we would be moving from Los Angeles. So we just decided that we would homeschool for the next couple of years and then see where we went with it. And that's exactly what we did and you just continued, and here you are. We did. My husband got a military internship for his program, and so we knew that we would be at our first duty station for 15 months and then get reassigned probably across the country, which is exactly what happened, and so we just felt like we had a baby that year, and he was really sick. We just felt like for the continuity of our family, homeschooling was a really good option. Then our our kids weren't in and out of schools for those couple of years, and then we just fell in love with what we could do and we were able to travel quite a bit at that point with our kids and went back and forth across the country and it just became a really neat way to live together. So the freedoms of homeschooling plus the
1: security with it. Yes. um, And when you have a different type of schedule and different things going on in your life, it really does, homeschooling is a wonderful blessing for sure.
2: Yes, exactly. And my husband still has a very different schedule. He goes in a little bit later in the morning and comes home pretty late in the evenings. So if we, if my kids were in public school and had been all this time, they would have seen their dad very little over the years because sometimes he'll get home at 8.30 or 9. And, you know, if you have to get up at 6.30, you can't stay up later. And it would have just really changed our whole life as a family for sure.
1: So looking back on your homeschool days or your current homeschool day now, what literary classic would you say it is most like?
2: <laughs> I love this question. And I decided on Moby Dick <laughs> because I feel like we're attached to something bigger than ourselves and we're just hanging on for the ride. It hasn't been what we've expected. And, and it does seem like, you know, God's really been at work in our lives in ways that we could never have anticipated. It's one of the classics that I really struggle with getting through. But Susan Weisbauer said she struggled with the book too. So I feel like I'm in really good company. <laughs>
1: Exactly, that's awesome, okay, so it's two a m and you're lying in bed awake. What's keeping you up worrying?
2: My schedule <laughs> how to get everything done it's always if I'm awake at night, it's always because I need to get a pen and paper and start writing stuff down about what to get done the next day.
1: I hear you. I have a notepad and pen or pencil like right there. I think that's one of the homeschool mom's like biggest things is all the
2: things. <laughs> all the things, yes. And so many more homeschool moms are working now. When we started homeschooling in 1991, a lot of us just quit work and stayed home with our babies and homeschooled. And now the, the inflation is a real thing. I mean, a lot of moms can't afford to stay home and not work. So most of us have side jobs or hustles or one or two or three and we're working, and that is a growing segment of the homeschool market where both family, both parents are working and trying to make it all work. It's a lot to juggle because homeschooling is a job all by itself, and adding adding employment on top of it makes life challenging sometimes. There's just a lot to manage.
1: Oh, absolutely, and yeah, that schedule and your planner can get packed so quickly, and that does keep you up at night. Um, so you mentioned Susan Weisbauer, Bauer, but if you could have one homeschool guru over for dinner, who would you invite?
2: Jesse Weiss. Who's oh. <laughs> Susan's mom? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to I would love to sit and talk with Jesse Weiss or Cheryl Lowe, who started Memoria Press. Both of those gals just I'm sure they have no idea, but they have influenced my life and thought and work and family in ways that have been profound. And so I just really appreciate both of them. I would love to sit and just chat with both of them.
1: Oh, wonderful ladies. What's the most important skill you want your kids to learn from you before they grow up?
2: Well, I would like them to know how to fail. And um, I thought about this. I just posted a meme on my Facebook page that says, success consists of going from failure to failure. And I think um, we're we're a very end goal oriented society and culture and I think a lot of times we consider that those who try are, and don't don't succeed really well or the way we've decided are failures where the reality is is most of us fail more than we succeed on stuff and if we can learn how to fail and keep getting up and reassessing and and not quitting we're in really good shape. And one of my favorite um, scripture verses is, at the end, be found standing. And that scripture verse really assumes that if we're to be found standing, that means we're going to fall a lot on the way. My takeaway from that scripture verse is that no matter how many times you fall or get knocked down or pushed down or trip or, or whatever it is that lands you on your bum in the grass, stand up at the end and be found standing. So one of the most important things I want for my kids to know is how to fail and keep getting up, because the the world is tough and there's a lot of challenges along the way. The other thing I know you said for one, but I just want them to really trust and um and believe in the goodness and majesty of God above all things. That we're in a culture that really believes that there's a lot of um, rhetoric about. God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. Absolutely, God loves you. I mean, he loves you so much, he created you. But God is majestic and and pure and holy. And I want my kids to know both pieces of his character in that way, that he is someone to be revered as well as someone to, to crawl into the lap of. And so those two things. They're so, pretty related.
1: <laughs> I, oh, absolutely. And resiliency for children and adults is, I think, such a wonderful quality and value to instill in all of us and then faith throughout your life. Yes, that's just two yes. beautiful things that you can to gift to your children. So mm. I love that.
2: Oh, I just want to throw out a book really quick. Grit sure. by Angela Duckworth. It's, it's one of my favorite books of the decade. She really nails the resiliency thing and how, and it really how to instill it into our kids as we train them and mentor them and you know teach them in life. Great book. Oh, I have not
1: read that one, so thank you for that recommendation. We'll make sure to add that in the show note. Yeah. For it. Okay. Thank you. What's your go-to backup plan when your homeschool plans for the day fall through?
2: Well, my backup plan is always timelines and memory work. <laughs> I've said this, we just spoke in Montana at their convention, and and I, I told people I'm so over fun, and my son's in the background going, yeah, she is, but I think fun is a little overrated in the homeschool community, and hard work is its own reward in many ways, and we need to teach our kids that sometimes school and work is just tough, and you have to stick it out, but memory work is really a fantastic fallback because you don't have to think too hard about it and you gain so much through it. So I want to throw out memory work along with reading and and timelines just because we're real history nerds here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you have specific resources that you recommend for timelines and memory work?
2: I love Homeschooling in the Woods. They're printable packs, great for kids of all ages. We've used her stuff for years. Classical Conversations has great timeline cards, and Veritas Press, of course, is the master of all timeline things. So uh, love those cards, and we've used all of them, actually. Okay, awesome. Thank you for that
1: those recommendations. And that just goes back to your resiliency, really, when you you, you said mentioned about the work, the hard work and learning to just push through. So right. There you go. Would you say you're a planner? Or do you fly by the seat of your pants?
2: Well, I think I'm a planner, but I'm married to a man with a PhD. And he was an officer in the Air Force. And he thinks I don't plan at all. So (laughs) I think it's perspective because I really actually in many ways over plan and then I just go with the flow. But if I write it down, I usually remember things. So it often looks like, and I research heavily pretty much everything I do in life. So a lot of times people don't see that back end stuff and it just looks like like I'm just making stuff up and it kind of worked. But what they don't realize is all the all the sheets of paper written on and the books read and the research and the thought and the mulling over that has been done in the background. But I do have a bullet journal that I keep with me at all times. And a cell phone with, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I think I'm pretty organized, honestly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if you've got a bullet journal and you're using your yeah. phone, I think you're so right, though. Sometimes all that planning goes on behind the scenes and, you probably just make it look so easy that people are like, "Oh, she just probably flies
2: by the seat of her pants." <laughs> well, I don't know if I make it look easy, but I I do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can get a lot done and make it look easy or hard either way. But getting it done. But I'm definitely not a logical sequential planner. I mean, my husband definitely is. So he, you know, I'm more of a random global thinker and learner and creative type. And so my bullet journal is a wreck. I mean, if you look at it, it's got pages everywhere. I don't have my little beautiful calendar page with the page numbers or anything like that. And I doodle and scrawl and I still have a zillion sheets all over the place. So if you came and saw my workspace, you might be appalled, but I really know where everything is and yeah, what's next most of the time. Although I can't find my keys maybe, but hey.
1: (laughs) Well, that's why I think the bullet journal system works wonderful for those like us because I am the same way and um, I call that absent-minded professor syndrome because I know where everything is. Just don't touch it or move it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What would your kids say is or was the best part of being homeschooled?
2: I think they've really appreciated the freedom of homeschooling. I mean, we've done some pretty academic programs. Um, My 18-year-old who just graduated, even with the academic program and doing karate and music and some other extracurricular activities last year, he read about a book a week. And they, you know, we've just had a lot of freedom to travel around a lot when the opportunities presented itself and to spend hours reading and talking together and praying together and getting to know each other really well. Which, you know, when you get to know each other really well, you know, each other's strengths and weaknesses. So <laughs> it goes both ways. But yeah, I, I would say the freedom. And what would be the worst
1: part of being homeschooled, would they say?
2: Well, I asked my two kids still at home, and my one kiddo said isolation, and my other said not being desensitized to, to the worldliness of the world and just how people treat each other in a way that's not necessarily kind or gentle or considerate. That homeschooling, Hasn't desensitized our kids to that, and I do think our older kids who've gone on to college, all three of them have had some kind of pushback, of uh, almost culture shock in a way. And my son's girlfriend, we talked about this a little bit too, that there was actually periods of culture shock. Where we are like, "Wait, wait a minute. like people don't care about being considerate. They don't care about being kind. They have different value systems." And I'm not saying the world is big and mean and ugly. It's just they are entering a different culture in some ways when they go out into working with bigger organizations than family-oriented organizations. So the isolation and just not not being prepared for maybe how tough things are in the real world, like I don't know what the real world is, but outside of our homes.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's really neat that they have that perspective or that they've had those experiences. I think that's really great for all homeschoolers to hear because a lot of us have younger kids and we wonder how that's going to be like for the kids as they get older and out into the quote unquote real world.
2: So well, the wider world I think is a better way to say it because we live in the real world. I mean, my life, my life is full of real. There is dirt on my porch floor as I speak because my pot, up. There's nothing not real about our lives. It's just, it's just a wider world, maybe.
1: Yeah. So what would you say was the best part or is the best part about homeschooling?
2: Well, I really like being home with my kids. It's been, you know, I was talking to somebody about the this morning. And the fact that I have had the privilege to be in America, to live in this time and age when um, we have the resources that I can stay home and actually spend time. I mean, I have time because we have a dishwasher and we have modern conveniences to actually sit for hours and read to my kids or talk with them and prepare them for, you know, whatever. But but just the time spent has been a true gift. And we don't often have that time with people in our lives. I mean, we live in a busy world that has a lot of demands. Even in this age of technology, it's, it's almost busier in a way because of the resources we have because of technology. But just to have gone to, at a slower pace, um, raising my family and, you know, really getting to know my kids, I mean, to know their strengths and weaknesses, to try to help them understand maybe some of the challenges they might have in life because of their personalities or their particular bents. but also just to really be excited for them about who they are and their gifts and strengths and what God's calling them to be. That's been a total blessing. I mean, I can, after homeschooling for so long with adult kids, just having that time together with them has been a really sweet deal.
1: Yeah, that relationship building and how that's maintained, definitely. What would be the worst yeah. part about having homeschooled?
2: Well, I think in some ways, you know, as I'm, <laughs> I've talking to my husband about this. I think as I'm launching children, I'm trying to be a big girl about it and just say, fly, babe, be free. But our son right now has been in North Carolina or South Carolina for a couple months at basic, and he'll be gone for several more months. I think it's just when you're home with your with your kids and you invest in your family at this level, when that season is over, it's pretty rough. I mean, you have to, your your life has been invested in certain people and, and we have to, when we invest so much as homeschoolers, we have to realize that we're preparing them to launch in the world and really what we get to do is to be faithful to this time, but we don't get to determine where they live or how they live or what they choose once they're, they're adults. And I think that Particular reality can be kind of ha- hard, you know. It can be it can be tough, and maybe not so tough as as my friends that have been at work all these years because they see their kids are hours. I'm not saying that they don't love their kids as much, because clearly they love their kids. But it's um, just our identities are a little bit more wrapped up in what our kids do and where they end up. Absolutely, I think about
1: that how that will be when my five boys are all you know have been launched. And yeah. I wonder what that will be like for me. And do you have any suggestions for homeschool moms that they can kind of on their own right now? You know, even preparation for years to come, just to have a little bit more of like self care time, or what they can do to maintain their own identity.
2: I see. Th- I you know I've been really thinking more about self care <laughs> um, because it, boy, it's so easy to forget who we are and get caught up in I'm a homeschooler or I'm this person's wife or, I mean, it's, it's always what we've struggled with because we're caretakers and we mostly like the job. But I would say, you know, I find something that you love to do that can you can express yourself in. And years ago, I started blogging and I've always liked to write. I've always liked to read. But blogging became kind of like a way to express my thoughts and individuality above and beyond my particular season in life. And I would really encourage moms to be in a book club once a month, start a blog, keep a journal, be in an art class, go running. You know, I mean, time is always limited, but how can you, how can you create space and time for yourself? And don't forget to Talk to your husband (laughs) or your spouse if you're, if you're the dad homeschooling, you know, don't forget to talk to your spouse and maintain your friendship and relationship with them because, wait, especially as you get into careers and stuff, life is so busy and the demands are just unremitting and, you know, you're, you're maintaining a house and all the things, but you have to just schedule time because if you don't, it won't happen and then you just have to, I really believe, make sure you're homeschooling because, I'm coming from just a complete faith-based point of view, but make sure you're homeschooling because you're called to it. And sometimes you fall into things and God calls you through that falling into, you know, it's not like you have a Shazam moment necessarily, but as you homeschool, I think I've kind of learned this the hard way a little bit. I'm homeschooling and I have homeschooled because we really believed that we were being faithful to God in raising and stewarding our family. But what we got from that was, The the ability to be faithful. We didn't get to choose what happened when our kids became adults. We don't get to choose the choices they make. We don't get to, to choose at the end. It's not a guaranteed outcome of beautiful, perfect people. What it is, is we were faithful to that time and i think we need to even just in general as christians you know are we stewarding the people and the and the seasons in our life if i'm if i'm so caught up in homeschooling and i want a certain curriculum and i'm willing to fight my husband who does not want that curriculum rather than listening and and resolving together and negotiating then i've kind of made an idol out of my curriculum versus versus really seeing this season and this this time in that curriculum as a way God's shaping me as well as the other people in my life.
1: Wow, that that is some really awesome advice. And I think that that's going to help so many of us, all of us homeschool moms, as we are on this journey. So thank you for that. Yeah. So it's been great to get to know you, but we would like to know also more about True North Homeschool Academy and what you are offering to home yeah, fillers.
2: I would love to tell you about it. True North has been online for about 10 years. It was formerly Homeschool Works for You under Wanda Burdick, and sadly, she passed away very suddenly last summer, and my family got in contact with Jeff Burdick. I hadn't known him before. God used a mutual friend of ours to just put us together the week Wanda died, actually, and we acquired Homeschool Works for You from from Jeff. And he's actually going to continue teaching for True North, which I'm super excited about because he's a phenomenal teacher. And so we renamed it and rebranded it. And it is online and the classes are ready to go for fall. We have 32-week live online classes taught by rural people who have homeschooled and Um, are professionals and have years of teaching experience on top of it all. We have a complete struggling learners program for kids in grades K through 12, live online small classes for special needs or struggling learners. We also have pre-recorded career exploration classes, and we have clubs along with academic advising program. So a lot of really cool things. A lot of people are asking to collaborate with us, which is how we have an expanded struggling learners program. The Learning Center in Texas is collaborating with us, which I'm super excited about Kimberly Vogel, NILD certified, and also Jean Manning, who was with Homeschool Works for you, does smaller, more personal independent classes still for True North. So that's really exciting. And the classes are really exciting. Mainly we're offering right now high school level classes, but we'll expand into junior high and possibly LED. All the core four classes and uh, foreign language. We have Latin, Spanish, and Hebrew taught by a rabbi from Israel. So super excited about that. We just added a Bible class in ASL. So yeah, we're we're switching from Blackboard to Zoom. We have some really neat technological capabilities: live online whiteboards, uh, breakout sessions, and rooms. And yeah, I'm really excited. H- about half of our faculty are men who have been homeschooled themselves or homeschooled their own kids and have been speakers in the homeschool school world, like Jeff Burdick. Um, George McBride has taught math online for years, and I'm, I'm so excited to finally have somebody that doesn't cost a fortune teaching my kid upper-level math. Who? Who? Um, <laughs> and our classes are really affordable. Right now, um, we're offering 32-week live online classes for $330, which is $10.31 a class. And I don't know if you've paid for any any private tutoring, but I've paid for upper-level private tutoring for math for a couple of years, and it's $35, $45 an hour, and, and sometimes people don't show up. I mean, it's just been really difficult to offer more upper-level classes for my kids in areas that I don't have the time or resources to provide for them without paying a fortune, and we're providing that. So yeah, lots of good stuff happening.
1: It sounds amazing. So yeah. would you recommend this for particular homeschool families? Does this work better for certain kids?
2: I would say, you know, like I just mentioned, if, you, if you're getting into a class or subject area that you're, you just don't have the expertise or time or knowledge to, to know how to help your kids with, online classes are the way to go. I mean, so my son took nat- national Latin exam um, level two last year, and we paid for a class with someone. I mean, I, I've done Latin, but level two, I mean, I'm kind of Henley too. I'm kind of getting out of my league a little bit. And so he had a professor that was live online and learned a ton, got a medal. It was worth every penny. And so I would say for, for science and math, I mean, a lot of homeschoolers are really intimidated by writing um, and teaching their kids writing because they don't know how to grade writing. And so we buy that service. And also we have a lot of classes that double as club prep classes. So for instance, our constitutional studies, government econ, college comp or comp one club prep, those classes, the kids, they can take the class and then they're ready to go and sit for the club test as soon as they're done with our class. So they get the one credit of high school credit and then they can go take the club test for, I think it's $80 now for the club test, but those classes count for three to four credits of college as well. So that's a great way to double your money as well Um, if you get college classes out of the way before they graduate. But also, like I mentioned before, a lot of homeschoolers are working. And one of the ways that I've been able to work for the last five years from home, almost full-time while still homeschooling high schoolers, is by using a variety of learning tools and blended learning is the secret tool of the homeschooler that whether people know it or not. I mean, there's, we've been involved in academic class days, online classes and, and outsourced some classes and we've had some really great success homeschooling because we've been able to pull in resources that we didn't have available because of time and money.
1: So outsourcing is, you would recommend that for subjects that are just, you're getting- it's getting a little bit too much and or maybe even large families that have are juggling numerous Mm -hmm. kids and time. Yeah.
2: And I would say too, if your kid just has an area of interest that Um, you're not sure where to find resources. I mean, my son, we live in the far north and the Great Plains. My son has been able to take a marine biology class. That's not going to happen anywhere locally, right? (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) and, And he had a, it was the best class taught by a fantastic scientist who just had resources available that I never would have even probably known to look for. And so I think too, you can make opportunities available to your kids through online classes that you're not going to be able to provide for yourself, even if you are a Google Google Foo expert, because sometimes it's either time or money. And I, I ran into a homeschool article this morning that said, why are you trying to cheap out on homeschool? And I think she had a valid point that a lot of times as homeschoolers, we're on a one income or we're working because we need the money. And so we're trying to be frugal about everything. But many times you get what you pay for. And there's a lot of homeschool programs right now that are free online. We've utilized some of them. I mean, for chemistry last year, we were on Khan Academy almost every year or every week. And so I really applaud of those, but in many ways. If you are going to try to go cheap and frugal and do it on your own, you're going to probably pay for it in time. And so, you know, you got to balance the time money thing too, but also opportunities that you can't make available. We just added some career exploration classes to True Noirs, Culinary Arts, 3D Game Design, Art and Design for Graphics, Forensic Science. I'm not going to create a forensic science class for my kid, but wow half credit of high school science in in an area that's unique and fun and might really spark something long term for our kids so those kind of opportunities are really cool available online
1: yeah definitely so are these classes available individually or is it more like a package that you say that you
2: Yep. You can do it either way through our company, through True North. You can order the class, those career exploration classes. They're, they're podcasts. And so most of them are six to eight units long and they're delivered through Moodle. And then the kids have the assignments and everything, listen to the podcast, do the homework. There are a lot of project-based stuff. So the culinary arts, the kids are actually cooking, the 3D game design, the kids actually design a game before the end of the class. And, and you can buy them individually or you can buy a package. of of five or more. Yeah.
1: What would you say are some good ways that should parents or homeschool families decide to do this type of online learning option that parents can still be involved in their kids' education while they're taking advantage of online classes, dual enrollment, that type of thing? How can we still stay involved
2: Uh with the kids? That is a great question. So I was thinking about that. Last, last year, my son, who was a senior, did dual enrollment, an internship at the state capitol, online classes, an academic all-day class day program in town, karate and music lessons. And yet we still spent time every day together. And the way that we did that was we have a morning basket. And you, you might have heard of it. It's kind of a, I think, Pam Barnhill, right? She has this <laughs> awesome um, yeah, basket. Right. And so we do that. And what we have in our morning basket, I mean, we do the teen edition, we, you know, we don't, we don't have phonics cards in our basket, but the last couple years, what we've done for our morning basket is we've used church history or Bible study and, and an in-depth one. I highly recommend Memoria Press's Church History Program. They have three years of it, and it is phenomenal. It's really hard to find good Bible for high schoolers that's not doctrinally based, and Memoria Press has has great stuff, and we're actually offering a really neat Bible overview class too, but we do Church History, and then we do Latin cards, and my kids do Latin National Exams, so we do memory work with that. We also did the Veritas Press um, Art History Program, so there's flashcards, I like, I love flashcards, so... We we did that and we actually limited our morning basket to one hour because we're history buffs in our house and if you get us connected with any kind of history program, we can spend four or five hours just getting out maps and talking. But in our we actually had a basket and we put our books in there and we had flashcards and I had maps. We would gather every morning at nine o'clock. Um, my husband and I get up quite a bit earlier and sit and drink coffee and talk about the news and get started on work. And then our kids get up on their own and and my son goes and jogs and they take care of the animals and stuff. And then at nine o'clock, we would get started with morning basket and we would be done by 10. And I really committed to my kids to do that because you know, if you work at home and (laughs) your work is never done and you still have laundry and you have to cook for people have to keep eating. So we set that time and we guarded that time. That was our time. So that was our big connecting time. But also the other thing I do with, with my homeschooler or my high schoolers too, is every week we sit down and plan together. And there's a lot of rhetorical community about when can my kids become independent? And I just want to say, I think that is really not a great way to think about homeschooling your kids. Because I love what Andrew Pudua said years and years ago, if your kids are begging for your help, it's because they need, it. most kids want to become independent so let's not push them there because if we're pushing them it's probably we're doing it before they're ready but every week after my kids academic class day we would sit down together especially as they get into upper level high school they have longer term projects research papers and recitations and stuff like that and we sit down and we get out their planner and we go through the planner together and we put in all the academic projects all the reading they need to get uh, they have to do shirt karate music all the things and then volunteer stuff and then my my kids go ballroom dancing and have social events. So we put all that in at once a week. And that's in addition to our family planning meeting. Because as your kids get older, everybody starts driving. And if you don't have some, if you have a bigger family and you don't coordinate, somebody's left without a car or without a ride. And so we do that as a planner. Uh, we do a planning meeting as a family on Sundays. And and then I help my kids plan through their weeks. Now, some kids are natural planners. My 15-year-old, if anybody is to hire somebody to plan, plan plan for them or organize their life hire her you, you it will be pennies well spent but my son he is he is more of a random global thinker like me and so we sit down and go over his planner he doesn't really need me to but sometimes with our kids even when they don't need something from us. They just want us there with them. And I've noticed with my kids, the subjects that they struggle with, they don't need my help necessarily. They just need myself there to offer them courage to get through that hard thing. So they can check in with me. Did I do this right? Am I am I on the right track? What do you think? They just want us. And so when we try to push them to independence or doing stuff on their own too fast, we're kind of dipping them and us from that, that what we can offer them. I mean, we, we have, Years of experience and books we've read, and the education and life, and our grandparents who they might not know, I mean my grandparents were born at the end of the end of the eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds. you know I mean, I have some wisdom from them. My kids are never going to know them, and we can offer that to our kids when we just spend time and sit with them. so that's how we connect.
1: I love it teen morning basket and just making sure you have that time with them. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. Well, it's now time for us to do our fast five, where I, okay. where you say the first thing that comes to your mind, and we get to find out some really cool stuff about you. Okay. So, number one, you just received an Amazon gift card. What are you spending it on? Always books. Books. <laughs> you have a book that is on your wish list that you just can't wait to get?
2: Well, I actually just went and bought about five books, so not anymore, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there will be soon.
1: <laughs> What's your favorite game for family game night?
2: Well, we're divided on this because I love Agricola, but my kids are really into Eclipse right now and Risk Legacy. Yeah, so we don't. We, I asked them what they thought, and they were like, oh, I don't know. I think Eclipse is their favorite right now.
1: What's the best way to spend the day with your kids?
2: Probably at the beach, and we're going to go there in a little bit. We're South Carolina beaches call our name and being yes. at the beach together. I love The Shore. Absolutely.
1: Yes. What are you reading right now?
2: Michael Hyatt's latest book. I can't remember the name of it, actually, but I just finished Platform by him and phenomenal read. And so reading his next book, it's got a blue cover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. The last one. I've got to have blank to get me through the day.
2: Coffee.
1: Amen.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, Lisa, it's yeah. been wonderful chatting with you. Tell us where we can connect with you on social media and all around. Yeah,
2: okay. We have a Facebook group that is growing and pretty dynamic. It's called Help Homeschooling High School. You can check out our website, www.truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We are on Pinterest at True North Homeschool Academy. We are on Instagram at True North Homeschool Academy. And we have a Facebook page, True North Homeschool Academy. And you can also find me, um, Lisa Nearing on Facebook.
1: Awesome. All right. So we will make sure that we find you and connect. Yes. And thank you so much, Lisa. I hope you have a great
2: thank day. Thanks, Amy. It has been great talking to you.
1: There you have it. If you'd like links to any of the books and resources that Lisa and I chatted about today, you can find them in the show notes for this episode of the podcast. Those are at panbarnhill.com forward slash hsp. 67 Looking forward to some more great homeschool chats to encourage, inspire and motivate. Until then, rock your homeschool.